Coming up on today's edition of Locked On Eagles, could a big-time draft prospect potentially fall to 10 for the Eagles, and would they consider taking them? All that and more on this Tuesday edition of Locked On Eagles. You are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We thank you so much for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day. Welcome in, Eagles fans, to a Tuesday edition of the show. I'm Louis DiBiase alongside my co-host, Gino Camilleri. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day, Monday through Friday on all podcast platforms and on YouTube as well. It's April 4th, just 24 days away now from the NFL mm-hmm. draft at the end of April. Incredible that we're getting this close to the draft this fast. And Gino, things are starting to compile when it comes to news and rumors. And so one of them has to do with a big time prospect who has been in the news for the wrong reasons the last few months because of the whole incident with the car crash down in Georgia. It's defensive tackle Jalen Carter from the Georgia Bulldogs, who I think a lot of people think talent wise, regardless of position, might be the most talented player in this draft. Don't know where he's going to go in this draft. Some teams have him off their board maybe entirely. He could still be a top five pick. Could he fall? Well, the Eagles are doing their due diligence. They were one of two reported visits with Carter, who's only taking top 10 visits. He's not meeting with teams that are picking outside the top 10, which is really interesting that the cutoff is with Philadelphia. And I really do wonder if they would consider it. He is a top talent at a premier position they value that there is a long-term need for, and they've got Jordan Davis and Kobe Dean. I think it's an intriguing thing to watch. You question the idea that Howie Roseman would take a freak of an athlete when it comes to the defensive line, somebody yeah. who produced at a high rate and not only produced at a high rate, but a higher rate than the guy you took last year in Jordan Davis. And why would he not? This organization right now, foundationally, Lou, in terms of leadership, in terms of identity, they have all the guys in the building to make that selection. You know, there are teams out there that if you were to go to a a team that has a a subpar culture, let's say, and I won't name any in particular, but that's when guys that do have quote unquote character concerns might fall off the wayside and not do what they're supposed to do in terms of getting ready to play football games. But if you're coming to Philadelphia, you have one approach in mind, and that's to win a Super Bowl. And if you have the opportunity to be a top 10 pick at a premier position that the Eagles so badly need and have invested not only high picks, but multiple contracts in for big time money in terms of Jalen Carter finding a perfect uh, fit for him and a team that fits everything that Jalen Carter would bring, Philadelphia makes a boatload of sense in The Eagles would make that pick any day of the week if he's there at 10 in my opinion. Yeah, I think as long as the information that they find when it comes to the accident, if they're comfortable with that information, Carter isn't who they think he is. And that's the thing. It's a really unique situation with Carter. I don't want to really get into opinions of what I think happened Mm -hmm. or, you know, who I think Carter is. I think there's way too much to that, that I don't have the right information for. But if Philadelphia comes away with the conclusion that they're comfortable making this pick, and let's say Jordan Davis tells them all the right things and Kobe Dean, and you know, that's the cool thing is the Eagles kind of have the inside track with multiple teammates of Carter at Georgia. 
if they pick him at 10, I will back them. I think that they'd be comfortable. And because as you said, I mean, this is a premier position, a premier talent that without this whole off the field issue would be a consensus, like hands down top three, top five pick at the latest. Daniel Jeremiah moved the sticks. He was on Pat McAfee's show, I think today or yesterday. And he said, the reason I think Carter is cutting it off at 10 is because of the Philadelphia Eagles. He's probably hearing, hey, if you get to 10, you're not getting past Philadelphia. So it'd be interesting. And I think the Eagles this year, considering they already don't have a lot of draft picks, maybe they'd even move up. This is a quality over quantity draft, and they have all of the ammunition next year to where maybe this year they can afford to go after those blue chip prospects and just add a couple of legitimate long-term difference makers. And the thing about Howie Roseman is he will leave no stone unturned. And if you look at his counterpart in Kobe Dean last year, his former teammate, the Eagles were comfortable taking him when 31 other teams weren't with that quote unquote injury concern that he had. And when it comes to players to vouch for Jalen Carter, who better than the former captain in Jordan Davis and Kobe Dean, who were two high profile players in that organization that come to Philadelphia and are expected to hop right into the lineup. And why is that Lou? Well, they played big time sec ball in big time moments. And Howie Roseman even mentioned that on the new Heights podcast with Jason Kelsey, when he's like, what am I missing with Jordan Davis? Why, why are teams shying away from taking him? He's a freak athlete. He does everything incredibly well. Why can't he be a three down guy and why can't Jalen Carter be a pick that nine teams pass up on and the Eagles well, get again it has with- nothing to do with talent you know it's right. really only about this you know car crash and what you think about Carter's decisions and who you think he is and as his, a person you got to toss and again that's just something too, that what that I, was. I, and that's the tough part is like I think there's way too many people that have an opinion on that considering the information that they don't Mm. have. And I'm not saying it to defend Carter or to, you know, knock him down either. I just don't know. And again, the Eagles, that's why they have to do this due diligence because there is a legitimate chance that this kind of top five talent does fall to 10. And you have to be prepared to make that decision. 100%. That's why Howie Roseman is in the position he's in for as long as he has been in. He does things that other general managers won't necessarily do. He will go outside of norms, and you have to take chances, and he has done that. And this situation, Lou, it's like Ja'Kai Polite. Like, could he be that type of guy? Absolutely. But then to look at the positive, could he be a Laramie Tunsil who has once again signed for the biggest right. deal in the NFL at his position after that whole situation came out with him right before the draft? And I look at Jalen Carter's production over anything, Lou. And if you dig deep enough, everybody has something. Jalen Carter, he's just such a big prospect. They want to get his name in the news, right? You want to talk about this guy. Every media outlet does as well. Yeah. But when push comes to shove and you're on a football field, he is dominated, absolutely oh, decimated. Oh, on the field. It would, you know, it would be incredible. Listen to this future defensive line you'd have. You'd have Hassan Riddick and Josh Sweat on the edge. You'd have Jalen Carter, Milton Williams, Jordan Davis. I mean, that is an incredible long-term future on the line. And you're doing it cost-controlled because you have – 
Jordan Davis now for four years on that cost controlled number. You're going to have potentially Jalen Carter on that cost controlled number while you're paying those edges. You're probably going to re-sign Milton Williams at some point as well, but the Eagles don't shy away from that. And look at the money that they invested in Brandon Graham, who will be out the door soon enough. And you could just look up and down that line and say, Fletcher Cox isn't going to be on the books moving forward. You have to find a replacement and what better way than to get somebody on a cost controlled five-year contract when you are going to have to sign your quarterback, which should come sooner rather than later. And you talk about position, production, and the idea of having just a guy that could take you to that next level. Let's say you have Jalen Carter on the field in the Super Bowl, Lou. Like, does he make that play? Do you think you can win games because of Jalen Carter? Any day of the week, as long as all the character and background concerns check out, which – Howie Roseman is going to be the biggest FBI agent in this whole thing. So for sure, I trust Howie if he does make that pick at 10 as well. As that, that's my thing, too. If anybody's going to know about Carter, it's going to be the Eagles mm-hmm. with having Davis and Dean and with the work that they're going to put into it. I would still predict he does not fall to 10. I don't think he'll even fall outside the top six or seven. Mm-hmm. Maybe again, they could consider a trade up and say, hey, this year, we don't have a lot of picks anyway. We have them next year. Let's just go for that blue chip prospect. But there is a chance he could fall at 10. Who knows? Each team is going to, I think, have a different opinion and come away with a different story and mindset about Carter's standing. So it's something definitely to monitor over the next few weeks. But I mean, if Jalen Carter falls to 10, that on the field, I'm salivating thinking about the possibilities of that defensive front. All right, Gino, speaking of the 10th overall pick, I have some questions for you coming up next right here on Locked On Eagles. We've mentioned a lot of trade-up and trade-down discussions over these last few shows over the last couple weeks. I want to do an exercise where we kind of see where the cutoff is when it comes to prospects we're comfortable taking at 10 versus wanting to trade down. So we'll get into that coming up next right here on the Locked On Eagles podcast. And guys, today's show is sponsored by Built Bar. The Built March Madness bracket is here. We know you have a favorite bar or puff, and now is your time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. You know, I'll be voting in, Gino you know, for uh, peanut butter brownie probably, right? Or there's mm-hmm. coconut. Uh, there's churro. So many incredible flavors. You'll be voting for your bar as well. Support your team. Support your bar or puff. And then when you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you'll be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky lockdown listeners will get a free box of Built. Not only that, but one Lockdown fan will win a 12-month subscription to Built to have Built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to their door. You got to try Built. Built, the best protein bar ever. Seriously, they're so amazing. You won't even think they're good for you. It's all the flavor, but none of the guilt. 100% real chocolate, but they're packed in protein, low calorie. Run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March, so hop in and support your pick. All right, Eagles fans, we're continuing on this Tuesday edition of Locked On Eagles. Talking draft, the NFL draft, crazy enough, is less than a month away. The Eagles picking at 10 overall and 30. So, Gino, yesterday on the mock draft, Monday podcast, we did a mock where I'm not going to say what we did, but we traded up or down from 10. I had a couple different shows last week where I discussed the possibilities of trading up and down from 10 and 30, maybe even 62 in the second round because Howie Roseman, his history shows he doesn't stand pat and sit on his hands Mm -hmm. during the draft and just take players at the positions that he's selecting in normally because of standings. So I want to focus still here on 10 overall. And we were talking about potentially Jalen Carter falling to this pick. Let's say he doesn't fall, right? Tyree Wilson's not available. 
let's say maybe a, even a corner or two go in front of 10. I wonder for you and for me as well, what the cutoff is with the 10th overall pick. Like what prospect is the last guy that you say, I'm comfortable taking him at 10 without him. Maybe I'd prefer a move down, but at 10, I would take him. And then after that, you're like, okay, that's it. Now we need to move down. We don't want to force a pick here, like a Marcus Smith in the past or a Danny Watkins, where the board didn't fall well, but you stood pat and maybe took a guy that shouldn't have been taken in the first place at that spot. The value was just too high. So I feel like we'd agree with a couple players. Obviously, if Will Anderson fell, Tyree mm-hmm. Wilson, Jalen Carter, those three run to the podium. Mm-hmm. Then it gets interesting. I think we both agree Christian Gonzalez, right? Corner from Oregon. No doubt. Okay. Devin Witherspoon. No doubt. What about at corner Joey Porter Jr.? The value of corners is much like wide receivers in terms of the draft. It's yeah. a nice idea to want to trade right. down. Crazy but are you going too. to get him? And that, that's the yeah. thing. Traits, length, athleticism, upside. Teams are willing to go out and make that type of selection. I mean, you look at the C.J. Hendersons of the world. Uh, yeah. got picked at nine. And that type of player, hey, the league wants to take away the guys that are going in the top 10, the Jameson right. Williams of the world. Well, you have to counteract that with taking a shot at corner. And it seems to be profile of a player that many teams are going to like not just the philadelphia eagles for sure the character when it comes to work ethic ability to play multiple different schemes and just the length you look at the cornerback position teams love that those arms you can press at the line of scrimmage can you imagine joey porter jr versus Devonte smith on the line of scrimmage in training camp my gosh yeah, just the just length sl- two slender guys <laughs> battling it out on yeah. the edge. just have the longest arms on the face of the globe and i think it would be an interesting selection i think the yeah. way that the league is going you might be forced into making that pick not because you need a cornerback but because there Mm -hmm. are teams behind you that know that this player is going to be just as good moving forward and the eagles should capitalize on opportunities like yeah i think witherspoon and gonzalez very comfortable saying Mm -hmm. i'd be okay taking them at 10 porter i'd probably prefer to move down like we did the other day right maybe go to like 13 or 14 but as you mentioned witherspoon and gonzalez i think are both going inside the top 10 mm-hmm. to 12. So there's going to be a team like the Jets, like the Patriots, like maybe the Packers that say, hey, Joey Porter Jr. is that other guy in this top tier cornerback. Maybe he's not the finished product of the other two. The other guys are better prospects, but we're willing to take the chance on the traits at a premier position that Howie Roseman, he mentioned it with receiver and offensive line and quarterback as a position that they want to take. They want to invest a lot in and they'll figure the rest out. So I could totally see it. I want to go to the offensive line. Is there anybody at 10? Like, is Peter Skaronsky somebody you're okay with at 10? Yeah, I think the tackle guard versatility, the opportunity think, to go and right. play guard right play away. Play right guard until Lane retires? Yeah, that's absolutely something you could do I if you totally don't really want to move Cam Jurgens to yeah. the right guard position. And I think Skaronsky fits team building. It fits a, a player that went to a, a high profile school in terms of ha- how he had to learn. Northwestern right. is a big time. You got to have smarts type of school. I mean, I wasn't getting in there with my grades and I, I was still getting straight A's. You got to have like <laughs> double straight A's to get into Northwestern. And he played all sorts of big time games. I mean, you're playing in the, in the big 10 against the Ohio States of the world, the Michigans. And that's not an easy type of schedule to go against, especially when you're one of those lesser schools. But every time you turn on the tape, it's Skronsky shutting down high profile players. And yeah. how do you pass that up? Lou, they, 
have done that time and time again where they're going to take offensive linemen and the Andre Dillard selection, right? It's like, oh, we didn't expect him to be there, but they went out and took yeah. him. And yeah, I don't think Skaronsky should be there with the teams that are above them with young quarterbacks that need to be protected. Sure. Go and get your offensive tackle. But if he falls to the Philadelphia Eagles, that's something Howie Roseman would absolutely do. If you can solidify yeah. your right tackle of the future while getting right guard instant impact play, what makes more sense to win in terms of Howie Roseman? Yeah, I think there's three tackles I'd be okay with at 10. I think Skaronsky and then Paris Johnson from Ohio State. And then I like Project Jones from Georgia. I think those mm. would be the three that I'm okay with. And after that, it'd be like, okay, I want to move down or explore maybe taking one at 30 or trying to trade up. So that for me is about nine players. Do you have any opinion on the other tackles? Like, Is Skaronsky the guy for 10 and then you want to move down? Or what's your opinion on the other guys? The kid out of Georgia is super yeah, physical Jones. when it comes to the, the run game. And mm. the, I am just scared with Paris and would his length be able to play inside? I don't really think so. I think he fits the mold yeah. more for a, a pure tackle. See, and, I think they might take one even if they can't play guard starting right, right. away because they do have the Jurgens flexibility. Mm. And again, long term, you need that guy behind lane and you don't have a premier tackle backup right now. So. Yeah, and the thing with Skaronsky though is like, do you value that instant impact that you're going to get right. right away? You have to you sure. have to play that game of balance. Like, what is his future ceiling versus what you're going to get now? And the Eagles, especially at tackle, especially on the interior of the offensive line and all the positions on the defensive line, we've seen them moving away from just pure production and instant impact to how can you help us in the future? Look at yeah. Jordan Mailata, even though he wasn't a big time pick they will go on traits and finding guys that fit the mold of what they want. And I think all three of those individuals who would really fit that maybe they wait and take a true guard at 30 or wait till 62 to do the same. But if one of those guys is there, I, I can't see how they don't value them that highly. Yeah. I think they prefer instead of taking like an Osiris Torrance, the guard from Florida, Doing what you're describing is like taking mm. a player that can play guard, but eventually they're going to replace a long-term spot like right tackle with yep. Lane Johnson or center with uh, Jason Kelsey. All right, I got a couple more for you. These are where it gets interesting. Like this is probably close to the cutoff. What about Miles mm. Murphy from Clemson, the edge rusher? Edge is so interesting because I, See, I, I like them, fine. but it's a deeper uh, class. Like it, it is. And and you're talking about the idea of trading down, like let's say three yeah. or four picks as we did yesterday. I'm comfortable with having one of those edge guys be there. I mean, we went with the Georgia edge yesterday. Nolan Smith. Yeah. Nolan Smith or Miles Murphy. Yeah, like would you what rather you put, at 30 have like Felix Anuda Kazoma from Kansas State? That's or what it McDonald's. comes down to. I just yeah. don't think a corner would be there if you did trade down, but one of those edge guys I think I would yeah. be fine with. And it's I think point. you could grab one of those three or four. I mean, if yeah. Elijah Kansi is still on the board too, you could have that possibility of trading down a couple spots to get yeah. him as well. And that's what the Eagles will do is where their cutoff is as well as the depth of the class, and are you comfortable? You can't go in there saying, oh, yeah, we're just comfortable taking any of them because that's a no, position yeah. that we need. But if they check all the boxes, which I believe all of these guys do in terms of athleticism, ability to play outside on the edge as well, and just right. true traits at that spot, when you look at Josh Sweat and look at Hassan Riddick, I think a lot of those guys that we're talking about fit that mold. Now, if we're going to a yeah. Lucas Van Ness, for example – 
then I might not be as inclined to take him right at 10. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be willing to bet on he those trades where, where that ceiling is like, okay, I, I know what Van Ness yeah. is probably going to give for you, maybe like a George Karloftis, right? Like right. Aiden Hutchinson, you could see that he's going Whereas to be Whereas Murphy free. has enough upside and Nolan Smith where, and again, this this conversation is players that we think are good enough to be okay with taking them at 10. That doesn't mean we don't prefer to trade down. It's just if right. the Eagles did it and they took that player there, do you say it's a reach? If they took Lucas Van Ness at 10, I'd probably say that's a little bit of a reach. If they took Miles Murphy or a Nolan Smith, it'd be close. I'd prefer to trade down, but I think that's the cutoff with edge rushers where I would be okay with it. So I, in total, Gino had 12 players overall. I'm okay with at 10. The other two were, um, well, yeah, it was Miles Murphy and Nolan Smith. And then the other guy I had was Kalijah Cansey from Pitt. But again, at the bottom of that list, it's more, can I move down and take that same player or a close player Mm. on our board or you know, try to go at 30 and take somebody similar. But I, I would say around 12. And the good thing is, is there's going to be four quarterbacks that go in front of you, most likely. So I think they're going to have a lot of options, even if they don't want to trade down and just take somebody at 10. And you have to realize what the league is doing, the trends of how the draft has gone. And when I look at the cornerback selections, Lou, it's tough to look past the the Sauce Gardner, Derek Stingley picks and say, man, if teams are willing to take a guy in the top five in multiple players, yeah, you might have to make that pick and se- not settle, but just stick to what the board is telling you to do. And if you have one guy at this position, then there's a huge drop off. We'll see how they view guys like Cam Smith or other corners that they might be willing to take in in late day one or early day two. But if you see them make that Joey Porter pick, it it was clear that they needed to go and get that guy of Seago and Devin Witherspoon were off the board because I believe Christian Gonzalez fits the mold of guys that have gone in the top 10 teams need guys like that in the top 10. I mean, look at Atlanta right in front of you, just a couple picks, man, they need corner help more than anything. And these guys go and Jair Alexander, he doesn't last to that pick that he lasted to when green Bay took him. If he was drafted in this draft, because he's probably right up there with Devin Witherspoon, a guy who I say goes top 10 any day of the week. And again, if, you know, one of those blue chip players doesn't fall and let's say like Gonzalez and Witherspoon are both gone, I would predict that the Eagles do trade down because a lot of these guys that we mentioned that are available, they could probably be available at 13 to 17, or is there a massive drop off with where you're going to go at 30? Mm -hmm. Even if you want to trade it from there, probably not. But I just wanted to do this exercise to see, like, do these players have enough talent where at 10, if, you know, nobody wanted to trade with you and um, there was a guy that you were set on, do you feel like it would be a reach or not? So I I think we both agreed. It's kind of around like 12 to 14 prospects potentially worth that pick. So uh, definitely interesting to watch with Howie Roseman. You really just, you never know for sure. All right, Gino, we're going to wrap up this Tuesday edition of locked on Eagles coming up next with a question about our draft evaluation process and how it's changed over the years of doing the show. So that's coming up next to wrap up our Tuesday edition of Locked On Eagles. All right, Eagles fans, we're wrapping up this Tuesday edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast. It's draft season, and Gino, we've been doing this podcast now together. What is this, draft number six or five? So we came in summer of 18. So 19, 20, 21, 22. This will be our fifth draft. This will be our fifth draft together for sure. So 
I think it's definitely changed and it's mm-hmm. even changed over the last few years. I mean, I look back to 2020 and I'm like, where was my mindset at with mm-hmm. that whole process? Uh, is What's the main thing you would say heading into this, maybe even compared to last year where you head into this draft evaluation process, where has your mindset changed? I think that there's things that are definitely the same when it comes to like positions you value most, um, you know, conferences, certain traits, but is there anything that's like, clearly different about your approach this year? I think the idea of the red shirt is something that the Eagles mm-hmm. have made me become incredibly aware of because they've done this time and time and time again. And Cam Jurgens is one of those guys that I look at. And even the Landon Dickerson pick, you didn't know how he was going to hold up in terms of his health. If he was going to play right away, what Howie Roseman said on new heights in that podcast was so educational and so inside the mind of somebody that you want to have a conversation with. And I'm sure we would love to have the same talk that he and Jason Kelsey had. But when Howie Roseman says, like, you look at these guys that have a knock on them, but are still just premier athletes at their position. Are you going to pass that up? And the Eagles have done that. Once look at the Cam Jurgens pick, they made Jason Kelsey who, they believed was going to retire or come back for yeah. another year, sit and watch center prospects to get inside the mind of saying, how are we going to replace you when you are gone? Maybe it won't be this year, but in the future, we need somebody who is identical and you're trying to fill that mold. And that's why the idea of the tackle selection is so intriguing and potentially going back to the well at edge, like is an edge going to be a one or two guy that's going to come in and play right away like a Travon Walker and Aiden Hutchinson? No. They're going to be a guy that works their way into the lineup, but fits everything that the Eagles want in terms of athleticism, yeah. in terms of health, in terms of playing the game at a high level. And above everything, Lou, does Howie Roseman believe in that position? Because if he doesn't and you don't listen to him, you're probably going to make an incorrect selection. When it comes to you and I, I think we've been pretty close when it comes to where this team goes in terms of needs. Yeah. That's why it drives me crazy with this B. John Robinson nonsense to the Eagles mocked to having him at 10. Oh, he'd rather that, redshirt an edge rusher, Gino, than take without a, a doubt. starter running back. And I, I'm with that as long as there is a long-term role. That's my issue Definitely. with everybody just saying, you take BPA no matter what, regardless of need. It's like, mm-hmm. no, because if I have three yeah. cornerbacks that are really good and they're all under the age of 27, I'm not taking a corner because there's no long-term role there. Somebody, I wasted an asset on a guy that, now there's a log jam and how we mentioned that mm-hmm. last year. Uh, but I agree with you that I think the red shirt, especially when you have like a starter on a one year prove it deal is perfect because then you have the flexibility of heading into the draft without forcing a need because you have like a Terrell Edmonds on a one year deal, but mm-hmm. that one year deal doesn't stop you from taking a Brian branch if you want at safety. And then you have the flexibility to have him grow and develop in a smaller role. So yeah, I'm with you. I think normally I'd like to have my first or second round pick, be more involved, but I think that's actually been something how he's done the last few years. That's um, really benefited these players. Um, for me, Gino, I think everybody knows uh, most of the prospects that I fall in love with. It's all about traits. It's all about upside and physical ability. And to me, it, it always will be. There's certain things I look at that I need for certain positions. If I'm going to, if I'm going to invest a top pick in them, especially mm-hmm. at quarterback, but I think this past year, and it's mostly because of Jalen hurts and TJ Edwards, Not that Jalen Hurts is not talented, but there were certain things about Jalen that I thought he maybe doesn't have that, and I don't know if he ever will to become an elite quarterback. 
I think I gained more of an appreciation for just as simple as it is work ethic, football IQ, things that can, I think, turn you into a star, even if you don't have these generational physical gifts. I think in the past, I've almost overlooked those things as traits that can't get you to that next level. And is TJ Edwards one of the best linebackers in football, one of the most athletic, best coverage linebackers? No. But when you look at where he was as an undrafted linebacker in 2019 to where he is now, especially in the coverage department, he didn't suddenly get faster, Gino. His body didn't suddenly change all that much. It was work ethic. Jalen Hurts, he's mobile. He's strong. He's got a pretty good arm. He's not this Mac Jones level of player. But I didn't know if he had the arm strength that I wanted to eventually be an elite quarterback. He didn't have the processing, the pocket awareness, all these things. And work ethic, football IQ, that all got him to that level this year. And so I think I've overlooked that in the past. And I think this year, even like things like motor, I used to roll my eyes at. But I think it is a little bit different this year, seeing as who kind of emerged for the birds last year. When you look at this, Lou, you have explained the paradigm shift that you learned day one of the scouting academy. Focus on what they can do, not what they can't do. And there's a difference between leadership and guys like Tim Tebow and Jalen Hurts and TJ Edwards, for example, that these guys have skills that can transfer to the National Football League. There's a difference between being a good college football player and having the ability to play with the best of the best. And that's what you just explained. When you have good enough, above average, and let's say potentially great skill sets and maybe one or two departments, if you pass the character check, If you pass the athleticism check, if you hold up in a reliable on the field by not getting injured, Howie Roseman is going to take a chance on you. And he has seen success in that exact department many different times. I mean, look at the selection of Josh Sweat, a guy who plays out of position, who didn't have big time production on a poor Florida State line. But you see the traits that he had. You saw the work ethic that he exemplified on the field. Was he the healthiest guy in the world? No, but they took a chance on him. And he's held up pretty well over the last couple of years, Lou. And now they have an elite edge rushing duo in the national football league. They have an elite quarterback that is one of the top 20, one of the, or if not the top under 25 quarterback in the national football league. Right. And you continue to take chances on guys that you see everybody else zigging one way to try and make up ground on other teams. You got to zag the other way. And Howie Roseman, man, look at what he's done the last couple of years. He is zagged completely 180 degrees from even who he was back yeah. in 2020. And just to wrap up the point about like work ethic and you know what to look at in a prospect, I, again, you need to have certain things in a quarterback. You need mm-hmm. to be a linebacker. If you're going to be a three-down guy, you got to be able to cover. TJ Edwards, he became that player. He just got there in a different way. He, again, didn't get faster. He didn't suddenly get more length. But his instincts got better. His football IQ and his work ethic helped him improve dramatically to where he was a top PFF coverage linebacker for the majority of the 2022 season. So I think this year I'm heading in with a more of an open mind of seeing a player. And sometimes I would see an edge rusher and be like, I that looks like Chase Winovich to me. I don't think that'll translate to the next level. Where now, I'm not saying anything can work, but I definitely feel like I'm more open-minded with who could become a star at the next level. Mm. So interesting to see who those players will become in 2023. The draft is just under a month away. We've got you covered 
all month long in April right here on Lockdown Eagles, covering the draft, leading you up until the Eagles' 10th and 30th overall selection. Be sure to subscribe to Lockdown Eagles on all podcast platforms and on YouTube as well. Follow us on Twitter at LockdownBirds, at DBASI, LOE, and at GC24 underscore football. Thanks for making Eagles Lockdown Eagles your first listen every day. Make sure your second listen is the Lockdown NFL Scouting Podcast with the draft dudes from free agency to the draft, salary cap management, and more. Join Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino as they take you through what it's like to build a successful NFL franchise every Monday through Friday. You can find that podcast wherever you get Locked On Eagles. For Gino Camilleri, I'm Lou DiBiase signing off. As always, thank you for downloading. Thank you for watching and listening. And let's go, birds. Fly, Eagles, fly.